Welcome everybody to another episode of Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maj, joined here with my favorite gancho. It's Jordan. And today is a very special day as we return to the roots of the podcast, and which is actually literally in the title. Books! And not just any book, but quite possibly one of the greatest books I've ever read. Oathbringer, third book of the Stormlight Archive. We're covering the first part, including the three interludes. Or is it four interludes? I forget how many interludes there are. Um, but yeah, to be honest with you, if you guys did not read the interludes, there's, we're not going to touch on them too much because there's, there's not, there's a little bit to talk about, but it's going to, the meat of this episode is going to be about taters chapters one through, what is it like 30, 32? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chapters one through 32. And then yeah, three interludes after, but Oh man, and we were we will discuss some, you know, the previous books, Words of Radiance and um uh the Way of Kings. But okay, so let me just say this. Um a lot of people said that Words of Radiance is their favorite book in the Stormlight Archive. Mm-hmm. I disagree so far. Unless the rest of these parts, however many there may be, and Oathbringer. Wait, so you say Words of Radiance broken. are better? Most most people uh, say that their favorite book in the series is Words of Radiance. Yeah. Oh man, they're. I think that's a lie. <laughs> no, legit. Like, like I don't know. Oathbringer just has it all. I, dude. I okay. So I'm again. Obviously, I haven't finished Oathbringer. Um. But unless they like, unless Sanderson completely bungles it the rest of the way for me, which I know is not true, but unless he did that, like Oathbringer is already a better book so far than. And you haven't even gotten to the good part. Exactly. Exactly. I haven't even hit the Sanderlands yet. In Words of Radiance, I kind of felt like there were parts where I was like, okay, let's kind of move along now. And to be honest, I, I think a lot of it has to do with. I just don't like Shalon as much. I don't like Shalon or Kaladin as much of, as a character as I do Dalinar. Well, what I, we've seen so far in character and yeah. in, in, um, Kaladin's story in this first part is um, a lot of him dealing with himself. So, like, obviously, it's a little bit of a slog when a character is always just dealing with himself. Yeah, you know what and I mean, I know that this is actually a recurring. Um, problem that a lot of people have regarding Stormlight Archive is that it's just Kaladin constantly whining about Tien and then getting upset and then, yeah. you know, I don't want to lose anybody and then he falls back into this and that. So I don't, I know that this is, again, a recurring issue with um, Stormlight Archive that a lot of people have. But I don't even know if it's necessarily that that I dislike because it is very realistic in terms of people who deal with depression, right? People who deal with depression, it's not like, oh, I see the light now. I am good for the rest of my life. No, uh, the way a lot of people describe depression is that it is a de- uh, it's like a daily fight. Every day when you wake up, you got to fight back those demons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like it's not like decades have passed either, right? It's only been it was only a few months ago that he was a slave. Right. Right. And it, it's not like, again, that it's been decades. It's only been a few years since Tien died. Um, right. And he never really got a chance to really um, 
deal with the loss, right? Because as soon as Tien died, then a little bit later, his entire company was slaughtered by MRM, and then he was branded a slave, and then, you know, he was part of Bridge 4, and then... It just kind of went all downhill Yeah, it, boy. there wasn't really an opportunity for him to just sit there and be like, dude, my brother died. Right. Right? So sometimes a lot of people just, they just need that. Um, so... And I don't think, obviously, when you talk to people with depression and anxiety, all that good stuff, they never really get over it. They just learn how to deal with it. You know what okay. I mean? Like, so, hold on. Uh, can you elaborate on that? It's... Well, I mean, it never really goes away. Oh, yeah, I mean? yeah. So, yeah. like, for Kaladin, it's never going to go away. It's mm-hmm. just how he continues to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, how he continues to... kind of reconcile his issues and move forward. You know what I mean? So he's, it's one of those things where he's going to have a hard time, but eventually, you know, he can get over it just depending on how he gets over it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people we've seen, and I think this is Moash, right? Which, by the way, Moash's name has been dropped, I think, maybe once this entire part. So I'm actually really looking forward to see him come back in. Um, He's a turd. I I like his character a lot. Well, it's a necessary evil. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just I, seems like moment, to me. I don't necessarily see him as evil, to be honest. Why? I don't see him as evil because I think he's mistaken. And I think he's working for misguided. the wrong group. Yeah, misguided. Yeah. And I think he's working for the wrong group. Um, but I wouldn't call him evil, right? Elokar, um, maybe putting it on Elokar is a bit much, but then that one high lord who who's responsible for his grandparents' death. Roshon. Yeah, that's right, Roshon. Um, like, you know, I get it. And it's Elokar's and yeah, sure, it's not Elokar's direct responsibility, but you know, you're the leader who appointed another crappy leader over this jurisdiction. And you knew he by the way, this is a thing too. If I remember correctly, he was a crappy leader and he was stripped of power of that land and he was given a lesser land to look after. So if he's bad, it doesn't matter if let's just say you take away California from somebody. It's not like you can turn around and like, okay. You're a crappy governor, so we're going to give you Montana instead. That's not fair. Don't give him leadership at all. Right? Uh, well, you, yeah, I can agree with that. Right? You know what I mean? So, like, if you mess up, let's just say, oh, you messed up China, right? A billion people. Okay, fine. We will give you instead um, Luxembourg because it's much smaller. It's like, what the hell? He messed up a company, he, a, a country. He's shown very clearly he is not capable of leadership. Don't give him leadership at all. It doesn't matter if you give him a smaller one. Yes, he will have a smaller impact. But nonetheless, he is still going to be directly impacting lives. So that is on Elokar. For his... For his negligence, right? That's poor leadership. And he is responsible for that. 100%. I can see some of that argument. Um, the only problem with, with my my point of view on that argument is that Rashon is directly responsible for his actions. Right. That being said, sometimes, I mean, I just have a hard time thinking that, like, okay, well, obviously your actions have been 
absolutely shite. <laughs> so why are you continuing to make these actions and eventually maybe get brought down to something that's you're talking about why is Rashawn constantly doing this? Yeah, so like, well, he's, okay, yeah, he's a light eyes, and yes, society is different, but you're constantly being shown that your actions are crap, but yet you do them. That's on you. Okay, so I'm very glad that you said this because that's actually exactly the point, right? Because he has no repercussions for his actions, right? That's he gets I mean. away. He gets away. well. That's the thing. Rashawn is responsible for his own actions. But he's never going to feel the responsibility because he never gets punished for it. And that's on Elokar. Well, in that society, wouldn't you think punishment is getting something lesser than what you have? Right. That's, this is true. So you're right. He is punished in the sense that he went from higher tier leadership to lower tier leadership. But I guess my argument is, is that if you're Elokar and you are responsible for the kingdom of Alethkar... Technically, you're responsible for your choice, right? The choice that you made to put him there. Right, exactly. And sure, let's just say you gave him, to continue my analogy, China, right? And then he's like, ah, okay, you messed it up. You messed it up, fine. Now I'm going to give you Luxembourg. Like, yeah, sure, you made that bad decision first. Okay, you will have to live with that, fine. But the stupidity in Elokar here was giving him more another leadership position. And that's where, like, that's where you can go into the philosophical question of is succession through family line good, depending on. Well, is Rashawn part line? of the Colin family? Like, is he a distant no, no, relative? No, He's not, no, right? No. So it's not even like keeping it within the family. This is just straight up stupidity. Now, having said this, this I understand that this is not a simple um, scenario because a lot of people think that, you know, these are totalitarian rulers and whatnot. And yet, yes, they are. But they maintain that total control or uh, the facade of total control by keeping some of their people happy, right? For example, Game of Thrones, you, if, you, if you anger a lot of like, great houses continuously, you're going to have an uprising and you're going to lose power. Right. right, so it's like one of those things where if you rule by force, you're always looking over your back. Concept. Yes, so um, I, I can I can kind of sympathize with Elokar that he's like you know if I just kicked him off this and then completely made him angry, yeah, then you know he he may have I might have an uprising on my hands, but that's the burden of leadership, dog. Yeah, and I'm that's, sorry, that's that, the responsibility that's you take on. Yeah, that is 100 percent the responsibility, and, that, that and that's why on. like the philosophy of succession is always kind of kind of cruddy i mean i don't need to be like like no, obviously we've true. had our past we're learning from our past at this point well some of us are some, yeah, um, that's it. um but like you know what i mean succession is not like imagine if hunter biden took over what yeah just based off the actual yeah fart knocker are you doing yeah yeah but, no. but that obviously beside the point you know you have I want to word this specifically. Um, yeah, you don't want to anger anyone. Yeah, I get it. Though. You have you have a guy uh-huh. that took over, doesn't know his butt from the hole in the ground, but yet he makes a mistake, and rulers are going to make mistakes. That's right. just the way it is. Right. So he made a mistake, but Moash took it to extreme. That's where I have an issue. Okay. With okay. Moash. Yeah. So again, I will argue that yes, he, uh, uh, his actions were wrong. 
um, in terms of joining up with. Is it the ghost plus or the diagram? I don't remember. Wait, who? Moash joined up with that the ghost plus or the diagram. I forget which one he joined up with. Well, he joined up with Graves or not Graves. Um, it was Graves, wasn't it? Um, I think it's, I, I is forget. Graves. Dude, I'm forgetting the name now. Wow. Yeah, I, I forget. Um, but regardless, he droned up with a resistance against the king for some reason. Hold on, hold on. You got to give me two seconds. Sure. Um, um, but yeah, he so he joined up with the group that I think is not a good group, right? That I think they're using his hatred. Wait, for... have you met this group? You've met this. Wait. Yes. Uh, so I know that there's two groups. Okay, so you only know there's two groups. No, uh, I'm sure that there's a third, but I'm just saying that I'm. I know of the diagram, and I know of the ghost bloods. Okay, well, that's the problem. Okay, that's the problem. So, moving forward, keep an eye out. But the point being is that keep an eye out for all groups because there's not just two groups, and there's not just three or four groups. On Roshar right now, Roshar is – and I'm, I'm not giving anything away. Sure. But Roshar is very important to the Cosmere. And that is just, in general, saying something that you can deduce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, from I know. Reading this far, yeah, it's like Shoshar okay, there's a lot very going important on. To for sure. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. But I want to say that you need to look out specifically for more than I want to be honest with you. More than three groups on this Roshar we have here. Okay. Okay. And that's just that's that's one of those things where. It's Sanderson's writing. He's starting to connect everything in Oathbringer. I know. So I... in Oathbringer, you're getting, you're starting to get the big picture of life here in the universe. Yeah. Um. But beside the point, when when you put together where Moash's alliances originally lie and where he goes, um, it's going to be very eye opening for readers that haven't gotten that far yet because you start to hear name drops. Right, you hear name drops, you hear um, this and that about the books, and then you start to connect the Cosmere. So when when people say what order you should read these books in, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, people are like read this book and then you go back to Stormlight, you go back to Mistborn, you go back to Stormlight, you go back to Mistborn. No, dude, read all of one series at first, yeah, second no, I series, I third think series. The the looser connection of the Cosmere is, is superseded by the tighter connections of a series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly, you explained it perfectly, verbally, perfectly, <laughs> in the fact that literally, you read all of like obviously read all of it because in the Cosmere, and it's funny because I made a comment on Reddit the other day to read the secret projects from the Cosmere, and I got downvoted. I was like, dude, I'm sorry, I don't read the cursed library and whatever else Randerson wrote. I love Brandon Sanderson and maybe I'll eventually read that, but I wanted to know secret projects as far as the Cosmere. So people were hating on me for it. And I'm like, Wait, okay. the cur- what's cursed library? Um, his other books. It's like more childrenish books. Oh, um, uh, like Alcatraz or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I was getting hate for that. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. Okay, no, if, I, mean, if I want to stick with the Cosmere, I, I'm yeah. going to stick with the Cosmere. Kiss me. But yeah, beside the point, <laughs> Read all of one series at first, and then you read the second series, and you, and then you look back at the freaking series you read before, and you're like, holy freaking freak. Like, 
that's I understand. Honestly, I can't. All that. I can't wait for the reread uh, because I, I feel like I I read I read attentively to Way of Kings. I don't think I read as attentively to Words of Radiance. Like it I wasn't picked, as captivating. Yeah, I don't know what it was, and I don't think it's. I think just Shalon. It, it's not just that there was something that well, I feel like Oathbringer didn't have, or that Oathbringer has that. Uh, Words of Radiance just didn't. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, Shalon doesn't unturd herself for a while. Well, that's just but, but I will tell you for sure. So Shalon gives a lot of information on how things work. Yeah, that's how yeah, the universe she, works. And that's why I'm so glad that Yasna is yes. back, which we will, which we can touch yeah. on. Yeah, my so, girl Yasna. And let's be honest here. I, I said she wasn't dead, by the way. Remember when she got stabbed? I know. I was like, yeah, she's not dead. I don't buy that. So now we know what order of radiance she is, right? I forget the name. Elf's Caller. Elf's Caller, yeah. But they dropped that, I think, earlier in the season. Yeah, okay, so that's the other thing, too. Is that because this is a, a epic fantasy, and... What's going on? There's a, This is the second epic fantasy vo- series I've ever read. First one being Willow of Time, which is obviously infinitely more complicated. Um, Inf- and I've started reading it, and it is definitely infinitely more infinitely complicated. Yeah, if you could times infinity by infinity, that's how complicated some of it can be at sometimes. Yeah, so it's, it's a little I, I, um, what is the word I'm looking for? I, um, I applaud your patience with that novel. Oh, dude, it was. Um, I, I had, yeah, I, it was a lot. So, so, and I understand what you're saying, but. So Sanderson's pretty good about um, explaining things for the most part. He leaves a lot of cliffhangers for later novels because obviously you're a writer. You want to continue to make money. I mean, what are we, dumb? Um, Yeah. But he does a really good job of dropping enough information that you can use your senses and the rest of your cognitive function to figure out that oh, this is how this works. Rest of your cognitive function. I don't yeah, know, man. So you the, have to you explain that. The, the problem the with um, Strong Archive at the moment is that because there's first of all there's ten orders, right? And right, I kind of right. I I know the names of like I think most of them. I just well let's explain them while we're sitting here. Okay, so Lightweaver is what Shalon is, and she can do healing and illusions. Is that right? Wrong. She can do illusions and soul casting. Soul casting. That's sure. right. Yes. Um, else callers can do soul casting and and jump into Shadesmar. Yes. Yes. And then Truth Watcher, which is what Renarin is, can see the future and heal. Like a healer in a video game, pretty much. Yeah, and they can see the future, right? Yeah. In some capacity, they can kind of see the future like a shard. And like a, like a glimmer of the future. Yeah, but they have to interpret it. So like, like you know how like all the religious texts you have to interpret every religious text in the world as a certain way, or but it's like that you have to interpret it a certain way to get the full meaning out of it. Um. So like, so he has okay, to interpret okay, hold the on. I, I'll. She's like it's like men from Wheel of Time, where she only sees yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. glimpses. Yeah, yeah okay. and she sees a glimpse and she interprets it and she's like. I have to do this, this, and that to get that outcome, or and then you go off in various right. infinite loops. So okay, so we have that. We have Windrunner, which they can um, b- la- lash, leash, so gravitation, yeah, and cohesion. Yeah, what's co- cohesion? Cohesion, cohesion is when Lupin st- when Lupin sticks himself to the wall. I thought that was a leashing thing or a lashing thing. 
Well, gravity is the lashing. Cohe- it's 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 similar. It, okay. It's similar in wording. And I don't. Zeth is not a windrunner, to my understanding. He oh. hasn't a. He he's he's a radiant who overlaps with the windrunner because the wait, way wait, wait, wait. he's a radiant in what function? Explain your function and explain what you mean. So he has powers of radiance, but he is not a knight's radiant because of the honor blade. Right. But he can still channel Stormlight. Not without the Honor Blade. Yes, but that Honor Blade... Is of a Windrunner. Oh, so he's using the original Windrunner's Blade. Yes. The, the, the... Not the Radiant, the... The Herald. Herald. Yeah, the Herald Windrunners. So that's the only reason he can do that. Okay, got it. Um, And and he... The only reason we know that this far is because he explains that he has an Honor Blade. That, that's the only reason we know that, because okay. the only way he can do the things that he does is because you make the connections between Windrunner and Honor Blade of Windrunner. Yeah. Like, if he, had a, if he had a Bondsmith, oh my god, the universe would be over. <laughs> Which, by the way, Bondsmith is what um, Dalinar is. And, yes, and it's funny because you notice that Dalinar has no idea. And he shouldn't, obviously, for many, many reasons. But doesn't that frustrate you that Dalinar could probably be doing so much more, but doesn't? Yeah, okay, yeah. So we know for sure that he has, like, insane power. Godlike power. Yeah, oh yeah. But 100%. Um, I just want to say, I'm so excited for you to text me. The day that you get all of Dalinar's Jan Sport moments, when he puts the freaking pe- he puts the team on his back, he puts a Jan Sport backpack on, and he puts all of the radiance in there, and he just he goes he goes ham, dude, and it's it is I get goosebumps. I'm like sometimes I'm like crying. No, I don't. I, I've never cried. I haven't cried in 15 years. But the point being is that like man, I cried just last week. I think. Yeah, I don't do much for that, but that's beside the point. Like the orders of radiance that we know so far, we haven't got much information from because I think Sanderson did it on purpose. Yeah, because no, why I not mean, have the reader okay. think? You know what I mean? Yeah. But yes, I I understand. Um. So where what other what other knights radiance do we have here? We have um, the lady that came with Teravangian. Yeah, she's a dust. She's a uh, Dustbringer? Dustbringer? Yeah. yeah Dustbringer. She destroys... All that's explained to us is the Dustbringers like to destroy stuff to see what's inside. Okay. That's what they've... I, I, reread, I reread the chapters, and I also re-listened, so I got both. So, so I, okay, I'm, so I'm versed now. This is the issue, right? Like, so far, I feel like... I know that they've been telling us, but... I haven't been... Not I enough. guess I, I feel like I haven't been attentive enough, or... Maybe I should be writing this down, or maybe I'm just a bad reader. I no, can't... you have to write it down, dude. You yeah. either have to re-listen or reread a thousand times, or write it down because again, yeah. you'll lose. You'll lose because they because he only gives a sentence. Yeah, that, he literally that's, gave a sentence. Yeah, and this is where the epic fantasy part comes in. I'm not used to reading epic fantasy. I'm used to where in Mistborn he will reiterate something. A thousand uh, times. Yeah. thousand times. And he will reiterate here too, obviously, right? right? But, but it's, you know, it's, it's not, not, it's not, it's not, it's not like Steel Push. It's not like Tenai. 
Yeah, it's but it's easy. Like... It's easy to understand because that's a general sense that we have as a human. Obviously, a push is a push. You push something, so you kind of know. Well, that's what I'm saying. What like every is. time he would say "steel push," you would be reminded. Yes, the elementic metal of steel pushes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's Mistborn, a lot of times we really only had exposure to the elementic side, not the Frucumus side. So the Frucumus stuff, I don't remember as well either, right? Because it, that wasn't repeated to me as often. So. Anyways, this is long long way of saying if I don't know something, excuse I will help. me. <laughs> and yeah, uh, Jordan will help. See, this is a unique episode or unique situation going forward because for the first time ever, Jordan is the one who knows everything, and right. I am but the humble student. Because um, like once you once you introduced me to this, yeah, it was kind of like it was kind of game over yeah, for like it got a, a little ahead of me. It got out of hand, actually, yeah, it got because that's all I listen to now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I reread the books. I re-listen to the books, and I haven't gotten sick of them yet, which is very weird because most people get sick of something after they do it so, once or twice. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I already explained to people to be very careful about not Reader fatigue. Too much. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, I know you. You're kind of a freak, so I think you'll be fine. Um, I'm normally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways. I'll accept it. Uh, some key moments. Calden going back to his hometown. That was neat. That was so cool. Uh, and then his interaction with his ex chick that he liked. Yeah, that, that was. I felt kind of sad. Yeah, I felt really bad for her. You know, like okay, so people who get stuck in their situation in life, and you know, sometimes it could be their fault, right? They could have made some better choices and still gotten out of it, but you still can't help but feel bad for some of these people. Right. I mean, um, she's married to an old raggedy old man and she's like 22. Yeah. Now I guess she's maybe just hoping that he dies soon. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Maz. Do, do, am I wrong? Well, no, but there could be some sort of sympathetic version of that. That he kicks it soon. <laughs> but then again that's like, the best i can do man he did come back to his hometown he's like guess what i'm radiant suck it oh <laughs> uh, oh no i was saying that she's hoping that rashon dies so. no i know but like it's funny that he comes back and they're all still like kind of hating yeah, on him a little they, bit and he's like hey guess what i'm radiant Eat yeah me, dude it, and that's that for me that was very fulfilling yeah and remember when he's like he's just floating in the air yeah, like and a, he's like, like you will listen to me. I was like, oh, do this. Like, could you imagine? Like, I text. Okay, I texted Jordan this when I came across a scene because I was just like, <clears> I was <throat> geeking out like a little girl. All right, let me just come on and say it. And I was like, could you imagine you leave your hometown, you come back years later, you're a war hero, you are like the right hand man of the king of Alethkar. Yeah, you're talking to Dalinar and... Colin over Span. Right, dude. right, come on. right, and. And you are an, like a super soldier reborn, right? Because the Knights Radiant. Captain America. Yeah. 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 You're Captain America going back. Like, come on. Like, it doesn't get much better of uh, what's up than that. Exactly. Exactly. And that for me was so fulfilling. Now, I have to say, um, during these chapters, when I was reading Kaladin's sections, for a soldier, 
and if we look at modern day soldiers, obviously they have issues after war and maybe they have issues at war. I'm not a soldier, so I don't really know. Right. But like, he's very introspective for a soldier. You don't get that much Ooh, introspection okay. from soldiers in today's day and age. And I will say that. And, you know, if there's vets listening to us, I do apologize if I'm misconstruing this. But all the vets that I've talked to, they, they have the issue and I fully understand their issue and I sympathize for them to the whole of my heart. But his introspection for human life is absolutely beautiful. You talking about Kaladin's? Kaladin, because see later in the chapters, he messes around with the Parshendi. The Voidbringer. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, he does. And and he could have slaughtered them. He could have just murdered he them. He could have just marked them. But he I could think... have literally lashed himself to he could have lashed them all to the sky and it would have been a game over. And not only did he not kill them, he actually helped them. Which is like could you imagine an American soldier stopping like, hey guys, stop shooting? Uh, we got to help these Afghanis. Yes, it happens, but does it happen on that scale? No. Yeah, never. And I could be wrong, but I just think that his introspection as a soldier is very interesting that Brandon did it that way. Now, I do have to say, Kaladin has extreme issues and i know exactly why and we all know why okay yeah let, all right let's go ahead and talk about kaladin all right oh sorry sorry dalinar dalinar <laughs> um dalinar i was getting a little frustrated with how you know he's like telling everyone it's like dude the desolation is coming. We need to band together. We need to ready human, not humanity. We need to ready Roshar against this on this onslaught, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's just like blowing him off. Which is weird because they see the Everstorm. They see it. but and, and that's exactly what was making me frustrated. But then it hit me. The, he was a warlord. Yes. Right? He, he was a warlord. And not he wasn't just a warlord. I mean, this dude was brutal. Like rape and murder type brutal. crap. Yeah. Like bad stuff, man. And I totally get it that they don't want to deal with him. Um, because especially that one, what is it, Fen or Fey or whatever? It's and Fen she, from uh, uh, Thalena. Thalena, yeah. She went um she's just like basically just telling him to screw off, like even if you're right, I'm not inviting the likes of you into my. Why would you? Yeah, it's, and, and not just that he's asking. Nation. He's asking to create not just send an army into her city, but also to open the portal. So, what do you think it's going to take for him to make alliances with these people, considering that they think that of him? So this is where it gets interesting, right? Exactly. Because he 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 said that like. Yeah, you can tell that, or I think um, Sanderson even explicitly said that he's there's an introspection within him where he's just like, should I force them? Exactly. You know, like, do I force them because at Thorns, least that they or will... what is it? Hammer and sickle type stick. <laughs> yeah, hammer and sickle, baby, give it up. Yeah. So, uh, 
do I do I force them? Like, what do I do? And it, it because here's the thing: if you force them, they they can survive, right? They will right. they may survive that. Whereas if you don't force them, they're dead, like pretty much for sure, as far as he knows. They're dead to rights, hanging out. Yeah. So sure. and then then he will like you know will I feel even more guilty then that I could have acted and I didn't. Yes. Yes. Um. But but and this is the thing. At this part in the book, he's a bondsmith. Yeah, so he forges connections, right? So this is something so, right up so, his alley. So, so let me ask you this. Where do you see the word connection anywhere else in the Cosmere? Um, Mistborn. Okay, okay, hold on. As far as connection goes, that is a universal law. Would you say that's true? Uh, everything's connected at some point everybody's connected at some point right yeah okay Um, so connection is bound to what energy I guess well what I'm the point that I'm getting is connections bound to your planet yeah okay you're talking like Roshar so Skadro yeah 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 so imagine going forward the He's because think about it. He is connection unhinged. He doesn't need metal to connect. So what could Dalinar do? And it's funny because I still don't know what what can Dalinar actually do with connection. Um, he just what if it's like uh, Elantris? He that connects to the uh, planet or Oshar just turns into Transformers or something. Well, um, also that would be cool. But <laughs> that's that's like when we're talking about Dalinar. The one thing that messes me up about Dalinar is that he has an option to connect. Well, let's put it like this. He figures out that he can do some certain power with Shallan, right? Well, he hasn't really worked towards his power. And, and that I know. But the problem with me and Dalinar at this point in the book is why doesn't he try to connect with any other radiance and see what powers they can form? If he can do it with Shallan, why can he not do it with anybody else? Yeah, I've I've wondered that too, right? Like he knows that um Bridge Four is a bunch of windrunners. Mm-hmm. So what like, if he could summon what if he could bond sprint to them? And know. just make a whole army of like nice see? radiant base. And that's then. what it's not a forceful thing, but what if he's able to at least start the conversation? Right? Yeah, no. And maybe that's what he does. He like he's like, okay. How about this? I will make your army a bunch of Knights Radiant so that if I'm the one who's attacking you, you can protect yourself then. Right. And that's where, like, that's where, like, I think his conversations should have started. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think for what it's worth, as far as soldiering goes, he did a pretty good job with the politics. Well, yeah, because he was never a politician. Exactly. He was a soldier. Like, considering that he's a politician, he did a really good job with i sorry since because he's a soldier career soldier he did a really good job politically speaking it's just your past was is going to follow you so often no matter where you go yeah so it, it, was, it was an uphill battle to begin with and his past just didn't really help with that um the rice stadium okay yeah they're awesome 
Uh, we've always talked about there's something going on there. Uh, I am more convinced that there's something going on there. Uh, there's like music sprint is following them all the time. Yeah. Now, I don't know if necessarily there's something specific on music sprints following them, but I think in general, sprint probably just follow them all the time. Well, to me, they're unique so far in the series. You don't see them. When was the last time you saw a music sprint? When was uh, the last time he mentioned it? It was just around the Rashadium, I think. Exactly. So what is special about that Rashadium that summons music sprint? And also, Renarin points out that their hooves are made for stone. A regular horses are not. Okay, so, so maybe they're, that's how they play music, right? For stone. Uh, that right? or that or they were the original species of Roshar and the regular horses. Yeah. Or somewhere uh, else. Because if I have a, there's a constant theme of like rhythm and music, right? Because the Prashendi have the music and the dancing and they had the rhythm of war, the rhythm of stuff, right? And so I have a feeling that the Prashendi and the Rashadium by our powers combined. Um, we're like, we're like meant to be. Become centaurs or something. I don't know. Centaurs. Okay, that's interesting. I'm just yeah. watching Harry Potter. I saw centaurs, but. But yeah, I get it, man. Like, that's one of those things where you're, you have to make connections yourself because Brandon yeah. really doesn't give you much to go off of. That's yeah, I know that, and that's I think I, I actually like it because it keeps the intrigue up. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, um. Okay, yeah, Shalon with her light reading abilities, making that map thing. All I could think of was like she was basically making like a hologram. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That's so cool. I I need this series to be a TV show. You ever got like, enough money? I I almost thought about donating the other day, like five hundred dollars worth of like my own money, just so he can make a TV. Show. Because if he made it, he doesn't have to make it a cartoon. Obviously, a cartoon's cheaper probably than making with real humans because you got to pay the humans plus graphics. He, yeah. Okay. So a lot of people were saying Mistborn would be really good animated, and I think with all the movement, I kind of tend to agree. Uh, but it'd be tough to show the surges without animating it on oh you're talking about stormlight yeah yeah just in general now mistborn no you could do like a visual like uh almost like a force push like audio cue with the surges and the leashing and whatnot yeah the lashes would be i don't know man i I feel like you'd have to animate it you would yeah well because like if you want to show a lashing, because if you look at it, when Dalinar sticks the chair to the wall during the first part, he infuses it with stormlight. So a lashing has to have at least some sort of visual effect to show which direction it's going. If Kaladin is just flying, you could assume he's lashing. Right. It's fine, but people that don't watch or, or don't, don't read the series and just watch, because that happens a lot. To, to capture a bigger audience to make more money, which is what Brandon Sanderson, he doesn't necessarily want to make more money, but he wants to keep the TV show going, so he has to make the money. Right, yeah. So he, he kind of has to show animation. You got to remember, too, he's got, yeah, it, on top of that reason, he's also got to give something to the audience who hasn't read the series. That's what I mean. Yeah. 
Because for us, if you don't show us, you'd be like, because we, we, we know their story is great. We're going to be like, yep, we're in no matter what. Right. But he's got to convince the non-readers. Right. To so, us, so so let me let me ask this since it's on the top. I just came. It popped in my brain. Who do you think is going to speak the next ideal to become a full radiant Ooh. to acquire squires? To acquire squires. Um, to acquire. Shalon, I mean, I guess she has. Um, yeah, she's she's past that point. Renarin, I mean, he's got the power, so I mean, theoretically, he should be able to, right? He's a special case. Yeah, um, I'd like Adolin. Tannis would be a nice radiant. I would like him. I don't think it's gonna be him. Um, what do you think out of the wind runners? At least the people I was gonna say Kaladin. maybe Bridge Four amongst Bridge Four. I could see <sighs> anywhere from Rock. Lopin seems like he's practicing a lot. Dude, Lopin, I'm sorry, but Lopin is your Wayne, and I think you're going to dislike the fact that they tried to shove Lopin's comedy. I mean, so far we haven't seen much of Lopin in this part, but we've seen Lopin in previous chapters and in Wars of Radiance, and he's comic relief, man. He's Wayne. It even sounds like Wayne when the freaking audiobook guy goes on. Okay, so I think because it's a, again... FF fantasy and there's a lot of stuff going on and he's not the main character or even a main member of bridge for like he's one of the major ones but he's not the main ones right like he's not on the level of rock sigzil attempt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so i think that's where he's more bearable wayne dropping it being the more the know, main people the the ron to harry right um it became. Don't too you much. dare talk about Ron like that. That's true. Ron Weasley is way better than way better character than Wayne. Than Wayne. In my but, opinion. but 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 uh, yeah. No. Um, so you think it's either going to be Rock or Lopin or Zigzil? Zigzil. Okay. Or Taft. That's maybe. funny. See now, my thought process. What about you? Know how crazy it'd be if it was like Scar. Well, you have to think. Eventually, moving forward, eventually everybody's going to speak some sort of oath. So, and you know what's funny? I used that today. Me and my wife were talking about girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And I, I joined a fraternity when I was younger. So when you lavalier a girlfriend, it's like you're putting the, you're putting the girlfriend before the fraternity. You oh, give her, God. like, your fraternity letters, and you buy, like, a nice necklace. And she's like, you never lavaliered me. And I'm like, Lindsay, I spoke oaths with you. <laughs> I, spoke the I have an oath. oath. I was like, I'm a man of my oaths, and I was like, Gosh dang it! I read too much freaking Sanders. <laughs> she's like, I bet she's like, Well, you're not talking to Maz here, are you? Talking to me? Not <laughs> exactly. But but that that's just a funny anecdote. Um, but it, it's funny looking at all the people. So out of Shalon's group, let's go to the next one. Oh, imagine if it was Gaz. Oh my God, dude! I Gaz, he get his eye back. Uh, I've that would be a very awkward nice radiant meeting with Gaz but, next to all the Windrunner Bridge Four members. But think about who Shalon is, my friend. Yeah, she's a light weaver. No, no, no. I know, but what is light weaving most best used for? Illusions and yeah, you fun. put an illusion on yourself. You're in a dark place. You get that intel. You're like an assassin, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah. So like that's why I can see those guys in her group because they're like outlaws. They're like. Okay, I can see it. Yeah, like spies and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Sure. man. For so, sure. like, that's why, like, Shalon's character, 
And, oh, uh, also uh, when they fought the unmade, and she made like just a whole bunch of Shalon illusions, like running around. That and was cool. That was so cool. So we talked about this. You came over and hung out at my house for a little while. Yeah. We talked about this. A Lightweaver has soul casting. We know this. This is nothing new. Mm-hmm. We, at this point, we know Shalon has soul casting and light weaving. Yep. So when I was reading these, when I read that part, he was making figurines per se. Yeah. Um, with light weaving. Well, why couldn't she give the figurines complete substance? Like make them out of rock. I don't think she could. Right. Why? She, the light weaving has to be. It has to be like mirages. They can't. It, it, but be. it does. But the, why can't she give it substance through soul through casting? Soul casting. Because you're only changing the material. When you soul cast, you're only changing the material. From what we know so far, all you're doing is changing one thing to another through stormlight. Well, with the light weaving, it's stormlight. It's it's a manifestation of the stormlight energy, right? So I don't think you can just transform that into. But isn't soul casting? Soul soul casting is using stormlight to change something, which is a manifestive manifestation. Right, right. Of but what? I don't think you can use the um the light we like stormlight to change other stormlight into something. Like you can't like because then. With soul casting, theoretically, they should be able to just turn that stormlight that's in the thing into a flower. They had to be touching something to turn that thing. Has into it a been flower. proven otherwise? I don't think so. Okay. The point that I'm making <laughs> is that we haven't seen all of. And I'll tell you right now, we haven't seen near as much info as we have on Windrunner as we have on everything else. My point being is that maybe she doesn't change the illusions, but maybe she puts a soul cast item in their hands. So it creates an effect in the real world. So yes, she has illusions and she makes illusions of, maybe she even makes illusion of Gaz and Kaladin, but she puts a soul cast sword in their hand. Mm, Soul cast. They start slashing away, baby. Okay, I, could, I mean, I could see that that like that, she arms... and that's that's exactly what I thought of during that scene. I I literally I thought she was gonna soul cast weapons into their hands. That's what I thought she was gonna do because, but I realized after reading it that she doesn't have that knowledge yet. Yeah, I mean, I I still don't. I'm not, I'm still not totally convinced that that's possible because it seems like. Kind of OP. Uh, <laughs> that's the, honestly the only reason why. Uh, but you know what's but crazy I mean, is that he not... actually said that not all the Knights Radiant are necessarily fighting Radiance. Other than if your Radiant Order was more for healing, I actually think theoretically he could actually make all of them fighting orders if you're just creative with the application of it. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I don't know about Renard, though. Like, you see the future and you can heal. That might be a little different. Yeah, but I mean, imagine if you've perfected it a way to where you could be a fantastic swordsman, right? If you can just kind of like ATM, like you turn that oh, into ATM. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You know what? I understand now. Yeah. So, like, I feel like if you're just creative with the stuff, like the Lightweaver stuff, right? Like, okay, granted, you're not the best swordsman. If you make an illusion of 30 swordsmen, I guarantee you beat any uh, other non like nice radiant swordsman, right? You make a twenty man illusion, multi shadow clone jutsu. Stop that! I mean, don't don't yeah. use that name in vain. <laughs> I wanted to see what you how you'd react to that, um, but yeah, you know, you put up a bunch of clones, and 
you don't know which one is stabbing you and you're stabbed. GG. <laughs> and you're stabbed. And you're that's stabbed. A, that's a great way to put it. And, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing all that unfold. Um, I also thought it was kind of funny that Sadius kind of like fangirls over Dalinar. You know, in the flashbacks, like he's just like such a big like fan of Dalinar. I think that was hilarious. Dude, when the audiobooks do it. Mm-hmm. That is his voice is annoying. He's like oh, Dalinar, Dalinar, <laughs> Coley, and I'm like, oh, he just sounds like an evil yeah, snake like guy. A, yeah. yeah, he sounds like a snake-like fellow. Yeah, but it's like it's like you know what? Now that I see it, I mean, Sadius was that way. But what do you think about Amaram? Sadius, Meridam, and oh, what is it? Meridam, Sadius, Amaram, or Meridam, Amaram? One of the things. He's, he's Sadius' replacement. Mm. What do you think about that? I don't remember him. <laughs> what? At all. Amaram or Meridim? I don't know who the other guy is. You, were, you said three names. Amaram. Meridas oh. Amaram. Oh, Meridim. He's now a Sadius. Oh, he's, okay. he's, he took the throne of yeah, Sadius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you... I didn't I don't remember Amaram's first name being Meridas. Um, Meridas Amaram. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought Meridas was another guy. I'm like, wow, did I just dream? No. Okay, no, no, no. Yeah, so Amaram being successor to Sadius honestly makes sense to me, like from a realistic perspective, right? If I'm how Sadius and they're like, okay, well, everyone loves Amaram. And now he is more loyal to us than he was House Colin. But everybody loves the image of Amaram, not the actual Amaram. Yeah, but perception is reality, kind of thing. And when it comes to the politics, oh, hold on with that. Don't don't start with me on that one. <laughs> but anyways, when it comes to politics, yes. Yeah, when it comes to politics, the image is like I'd say eighty percent of the battle, right? If you th- if especially you, in a warlike culture, right, right, exactly. If you, I was just about to say, if you project strength when your army is actually not that strong. You can Receive stave off strength. war. Yeah. It's that whole Sun Tzu thing, right? Uh, oh, you know, you act Mr. weak Art when you're strong. into the game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm bringing we're sounding like in. we're well read at this point. <laughs> Honestly, I've had Art of War downloaded for a while. I actually, and I've read excerpts of it. It's never fight the same enemy twice, my friend. Never fight the same enemy twice. Um, you know, perceive it was called uh, show uh, act weak when you're strong, act strong yes. when you're weak. Um, that's who I am, baby. I love that. Yeah. If you ever see me in jiu-jitsu, whenever I'm like, like acting high and like you know, like you high and mighty, through that triangle, don't you, big dog? Yeah, I'm. I, that means I'm suffering. Like I'm really tired. I actually carry that uh, thing a lot, and that's why I know those strategy games. I wish there was an opportunity to do, like there was a strategy game called Ruse, which a lot of the gameplay was tricking your enemy because there's a lot of fog war. I'm like, why has no one else done this game mechanic? Yeah, and you know what's funny? I play strategy games. Oh, do you? But my strategy game is brute force, sickle, and hammer, baby. <laughs> I mean, I'm I... bringing all the might of Russia. See, and that's the problem. I can't play a game, and that maybe that's my personality, but it doesn't seem like that's my personality. Because, <laughs> like, literally, if you meet me, I'm like, hey, what's up, dog? Like, everything's good. But, like, literally, my strategy is sickle and hammer. Like, every strategy game I've ever played, every strategy I've ever had is sickle and hammer. Mm. And that's, it, it's just weird because, like, I can, 
and this is where like the Dalinar flashbacks come back, and I really enjoy the Dalinar flashbacks because he's sickle and hammer, man. He's charge in and show him that you're this the biggest dog, whether you're not or not. I mean, it is what it is. But yeah. he, he, it was like a, it was an excerpt when he was charging into an enemy line, and uh, he's like, "My elites, yeah, they're great, but." It's just me. And he charges in, no shard plate, no shard blade, just yeah. a sword and a shield. And yeah. he just goes he just butchers, yep, yeah. But he also has, what is Dalinar? The Butcher of Kulinar? No. What is Dalinar referenced throughout his entire time during war? I want to see if we can pick up on the this. The thrill. Okay. Help Capital T, thrill. Yep, explain it to me. I what think... do you think that is? Um, okay. I know what, what it is. I know exactly 100% what it is. You know, okay, you know what? Adolin has it too. Well, everybody, um, hmm, hold on. Give me a second to word this properly. So I, I don't thought you were about to say everyone has it. So I'm guessing it's not something like Radiant related. Unless just why everyone is capable of being Radiant, which is kind of cool and just... Well, everybody's capable of bonding a friend. Yes, you're right. Okay. You're completely right. Um, we've seen that. Really. Anybody's capable of bonding a friend. A wind sprint out, and if you can per se fall in love with it, you probably bond a sprint. Yeah, that's just a simple way of putting it. But, um, but if you just bond like all 10 sprints, you just become a shard, shard god, shard god, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that just be a god? A just literally just be a shard, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you just be hoid at that point, yeah. Um, so, so let me put it this way, okay. This... Thrill. The thrill. Yeah. So give me some give me an explanation of what you think the thrill is. To be honest, this entire time I just thought that the thrill it was just the uh Alethi thing. The Alethi explanation for um, Bloodlust. Sorry, what? Bloodlust. Blood yeah, bloodlust and like uh adrenaline. They're like, we don't have the word for adrenaline, so we're just gonna call it the thrill. And honestly, it's kinda sick. And it it is it is but I want you to continuously look at. Oh, I do. Every time it happens, I'm like, okay. Examine because that he section. gets sick, right? He gets sick after that. Wow. Now, because I think, well, again, this is more me analyzing it from the PTSD perspective that Downart, because he does have very severe PTSD. Oh, I yeah. thought it was like his PTSD, like him getting sick was his PTSD kicking in. Right. So, so let me put it this way. When you eat something that's bad for you, what happens? You throw it up. It's sick. Yeah. So, what's the thrill? It's like a drug. Okay. So is it internal or external? I mean, you're saying like internal to the yeah. spirit? or No, just take that question for what it was. Is it internal or external? See, this is why I have to word things. For no, no, I understand. Way. I appreciate this because uh, I can't. I can't. If I worded it a certain way, you'd literally be like, "Oh my god, dude, you just gave it away." Okay, no, that's, that's fair. Is it internal or external? I want to say that the thrill, like you're saying, the feeling of the thrill, is that the question? The thrill. If the thrill itself is internal, or external, I have a feeling it's an external force acting on them. Okay. And from what we know so far, it could be odium. Okay. Because it's not honor. Because he dead. Dead as a doorknob. 
Well, hold on. Well, as dead as a god can be. Yeah, yeah, I know. So that's where I have an issue with people saying during the series, or during at least in this first part, that honor is dead. Because again, they explain honors in the heart of all men. Right, it's right, a spiritual right. factor, so it's always and present. Even blah, blah, even blah. when uh, preservation died, it it wasn't the shards still around. The concept of preservation cannot be destroyed, right? Because the consciousness of the human is still there. Yeah, uh, still yeah. not is not there. It's, it's not, not there. there. Yeah, the consciousness of the human that took the shard is not there anymore. So where does a shard reside? Everywhere, right? Or oh, or on, maybe Shadesmar. Maybe Shazmar. Ah, the cognitive see? realm. The cognitive right. realm. So, that being said, what can you connect between the Cosmere and the fact that a shard is a cognitive presence inhabiting a power? So, it, the Spren are from Shadesmar, or the cognitive realm, right? Which they're because, a manifestation of Yeah, they're from a manifestation what? of honor. Or? Or a shard. Or a shard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I, I'd like to see what if the ash falling in Mistborn was just a bunch of friends. Ah, I, it's so now we are starting to think, my friend. Ah, so okay. let me. So we read the launches together, didn't we? And we covered yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. What's a Sion? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I know, I That's know. We spread. talked about this. Yeah. So, so it's not technically a honor friend. No. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's a. But it's a cognitive. Well, okay, did we ever actually? Did he ever actually mention the god's name in Elantris? I know no. he did for Warbreaker's god like once, but there were, to my understanding, Warbreaker has two gods on that planet. Um, um just can't remember Elantris. No. I remember Warbreaker had, I has one. Warbreaker has one. Okay, then it's Elantris one, had two. It's one magic system per. Elantris had two because we obviously know of Elantris, and we know of. The, the Emperor's Soul. Emperor's Soul, yeah. Because a lot of Emperor's Soul was just taking place across the mountains. Right. By the way, anyone who's listening to this hasn't read Emperor's Soul. Very good. Stop the stop the podcast, go read it. And then Seriously, after the reading all of this other stuff and you read Emperor's Soul, go read Lost Metal. Because you are going to poop a little rabbit turd in your pants after you hear <laughs> the end of it. And um, I'm not giving anything away, but I'm just saying it's yeah, going no. to be so cool how if eventually we get to the point where we can talk about the whole Cosmere, because eventually we'll have to do a cast over the whole Cosmere. Um, I've read the whole Cosmere at this point, besides um, Triss, and um, one of the secret projects was, was Yumi. And um, my friend, the fact that this man's brain put all this together, I, I see, and that's the thing, like, you know, um, I read a lot of um, Reddit about other book series. And sure. Of high praise. I mean, I read The Wheel of Time, which gets high praise. I read um, Guardians of the Flame, which is the Dungeons and Dragons version of um, um, Epic Fantasy. And um, I can't put Sanderson's novels down, but I can literally, if I'm like, you know what, am I going to read Guardians of the Flame, Wheel of Time, or Sanderson? I'm going to pick up a Sanderson book every time. And what 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 series did you mention to me about the dragons? What was it again? Oh, of blood and ruin or something like that. It is about like a dragon. I think dragons. They have dragons in there. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. I mean, I'll probably love it because, dude, I'm a fantasy nut. Dude, dragons. But, I've been a dragon fanatic since I was a kid. But go on. Sorry. Exactly. So, like, point being is that like when Sanderson writes, he writes 
And his brain is like, okay, how can I connect? Yeah, no, I know. And he uh, literally connects it to the rest of the Cosmere in a way where we still have questions. I still have, once we can talk about the whole Cosmere, I still have questions that me and you will never be able to answer until you start writing more books. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. And it frustrates me because I'm like, dude, why is this way? Why is Hoyd this way? Why is this person this way? Or why is this the way that it works? Yeah. But yeah. I know. I can't wait. Because um, we, were, we were talking about when we were together. Mm-hmm. Hanging out the house, we were talking about um, reading Dawn Shard. Yeah, and the have fact you, you haven't read made... that. Oh, t- have I not read that? I was say, like, I thought you read that. All right, go on. Sorry, Edge Dancer and Dawn Shard are. I'd call them novellas because they're shorter. Yeah, they are novellas. Okay. Yeah. But the fact that he drops all that lore in two novellas, because <laughs> then you read those two novellas in between this. What we. You should have already read Edge Dancer. Mm-hmm. But, obviously, it doesn't come to the forefront of the mind. So, like, read Edge Dancer, it gives you a little bit of background. It gives you Cosmere background. It doesn't really give you... It gives you some Roshar background and some Roshar lore, but the background it gives you for the Cosmere is disgusting. And I think that's why he wrote them. That, yeah, I know. I honestly can't. Wait, um, there is one other thing I wanted to really big that I wanted to touch on Dalinar and Taravangian's discussion. Which was one? So awesome. Okay, so this is when Taravangian goes into Eurythiru and the original discussion. Yeah, this is the one where they had that philosophy thing, right? Where Dalinar's like, if you have a group of four men, three are guilty, one is innocent, what do you do? Do you let them all go? Do you punish them all? Like, in the punishment is execution. And then, I guess, um, I forget, I think Taravangians was execute them all. Because, you know, three for one, you know, three guilty men. And for for the price of one innocent man, that's like basic arithmetic, right? Right. But what does Dalinar say in words of radiance to Kaladin? What is a man's life worth? I don't remember, actually. It's priceless, like this shard blade. Right. I traded 2,000 yes, priceless yeah, lives for yeah. one priceless shard blade. Right. So, that I forgot that was Words of Radiance. I thought that was in um, Way of Kings, honestly. It might have been, actually. Yeah, because he trades the Oathbringer for, uh, to Sadius. For, right? for the Bridgman. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he... That... So you're sacrificing one, worth, one priceless life. For three priceless lives. Well, bad. Do you consider the three that are bad priceless lives? At well, that point? if they're not priceless, then I mean, I guess what you, I get what you're saying, but like, for full disclosure, I do not believe in execution. Um, for the most, thing. I think if you're like a serial killer, then there's probably no coming back. On the grounds, yeah, it's like I there's probably no coming back from that. Um. But yeah, no, um, I don't think I agree with Terravengian, right? Because that opens up too many issues. But so it's one of those things where I get, I'm, well, all I'm saying is I get his argument. I'm saying on paper, his argument makes the most sense, right? Three lives for one, right? It's a one, a one for one trade. You can argue like, is that worth it? Right. When we get into three to one, you're like three people, you know, 
there's a group of three people that are uh, guilty, and you've captured four of them. So one of them is innocent. And I, I just loved that back and forth. And I think he said uh, Tara Vangian calls someone a hypocrite, and then uh, Downer drops an amazing one line. Such a such an amazing line. He said, "Sometimes a hypocrite is nothing more than a man in the middle of change, in exactly. the middle of changing." And I, I just if if I can tell you guys like how much that line shook me when I read it, it like it's insane. Um, the amount of truth you can get from a fantasy novel, regardless ah, of how come epic on. fantasy like, is. I don't need. Why do I need to read philosophy books, right? If you got authors like these who can just like, but where does he get it from? I think I think he gets it from his own um, life experiences, right? I no. think it, I think so. No, I'm I'm almost positive it was either Plato. Oh no no no! You're talking or, about the philosophical stuff. Yeah yeah yeah. No, yeah, he that gets most of this stuff from ancient Greek philosophy. For sure. Yeah yeah yeah. No, yeah. he definitely gets it from philosophers. I'm not saying. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm not like, saying oh that you don't God. need books for philosophy. I'm just saying uh, I'm I was saying it more in like a jest kind of way that like no exactly. But the problem is, is what you're saying is is he's generalizing to the point where a reader can enjoy the book for its fantasy, yes. but he can and also get something so up. beneficial yes, out of it. Exactly, and I, exactly. I think I enjoy those books a lot where you can kind of sit there go, you know what, it's not so black and white. Right, we're in um, the gray area all the time. Right, and that's actually that series that told you about of blood and ruin that one is um very famous apparently for that because you know like you get dropped with cold albeit um typical one-liners like from game of thrones where it's like you know can a man be brave he's afraid well that's the only time a man can be brave i by the way i sound like i'm mocking that line which i kind of am but it is a very good line Uh, i love that line a lot um and i will definitely impart that uh, line onto my children but uh, my point is, is that like that series apparently has some really like truly new philosophical ideas. Anyways, um, this line where Dalinar is um, talking to one of the Ardents, which, by the way, I cannot wait to find out more about the foreign religion. Mm, um, I don't think we do. Oh, can't oh man i need some uh the anyway, religion i mean the that's the ardents right the the hierarchy yeah, yeah uh technically um the foreign religion is mainly based around the heralds right so if you pay attention to a lot of what the heralds what when they reference the heralds you can get a lot of the foreign religion as an honor and oaths right no no, no i know um, but I just, I just, I want that one to be fleshed out a little bit more because I feel like he can give something to me there. Yeah, you um, want that? You want him to explain the hierarchy and the sun maker and give like me the fat more. of the meat, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's another line which is so cold. I love tradition, Dalinar said to Kadash. I fought for tradition. I make my men follow the codes. I uphold foreign virtues, but merely being tradition does not make something worthy, Kadash. We can't just assume that because something is old, it is right. right. Dude, I want to take this line and go drop it on so many of the people of my culture's heads. Ah, oh, this. If you come from several traditional Asian countries, this line. 
but speaks then, to us so you're, much. You're also messing with the gray area. Yeah, I elaborate what you mean by that. A lot of the Eastern traditions have a lot of good values and, that and, we should be following regardless of how old it is. And I that's not what Dalinar is saying, though. I know, I know, I know. Right? And this is where I love it because because you're right, right? He Just because it's old doesn't mean it's wrong, right? But he's arguing that, like, we, we as in the uh, Alethi people, we follow things just because they're old. No, there were stuff to take from the old ways and there's stuff to reject from the old ways. It's as simple right. as that. I don't know if it's 50-50 or if it's 60-40 or 70-30 one way or another. I, and I don't really care. It's for you as an individual to decide. But I love this line so much because I come from... It hits home. Yeah, it hits very close to home for me. And sometimes I just wonder if uh, Brandon Sanderson is like secretly an Asian in disguise. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I can give you, and I can say this just being confident in what I know. Um, I came from, and, and, I, and I'll drop it now. I mean, I came from a very Christian background. You know, I was forced to go to church. and mm-hmm. I was forced into believing a lot of what other people believed and believing in something that maybe I necessarily didn't know was right or wrong or either way. But it was very freeing for me to step away, view it from the outside in, understand why and why not. And what he's saying here is that the why sometimes be good or bad. The why not can also be sometimes good. And I thought that was beautiful. Because Sanderson comes from a religious background. Yeah, oh yeah, he... He's Mormon. Yeah. So, like, you know, my whole youth, I was sitting in the Bible. And I had questions. The questions couldn't be answered because that's just it. That, that's it. That, they were like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me the explanation. They would just say, that's the way it is. I'm like, well, no. That's the way it is. I've seen it. Anecdotal evidence. I've lived it. I've experienced it. But then I stepped back. And lo and behold, that's why it was not, and that's why it was. And for that to be in a fantasy novel that I read and it hits so close to home makes his writing so much more engaging, and you can see his genius, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, no. I I agree. I think that there's a lot of... um, If you... If you come from a non-religious American background, I feel like you're not going to enjoy Sanderson's writing as much because you don't have the religious background to go off of for you to, because it's a connection, right? When you, when you're enjoying media on a deeper level, you're forming a connection. And if there's nothing to connect to because you did not, where you were not raised in a religious background or in a non-American background. And I say, I would say non-American is more like Asian Maybe uh-huh. some South American or and possibly even some African. Basically non-white. Uh, <laughs> so I just <laughs> eliminated North America and Europe from this. Uh, because there's a lot of like the, those cultures that I see here, right? Right. Where it's like, oh, we're going to follow this because this is the way our forefathers have always done it. It's like right. maybe we should question why they do it. Yeah. 
Because yes, there was wisdom in why they did things. But maybe that wisdom needs to be applied on a per generational basis. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. Yeah. Maybe, you know, they wear certain clothes because they didn't have AC back then. Exactly. They wore yeah. less clothes because they had AC back and didn't have AC. Yeah. We wore more oh, clothes, and they couldn't we wear clothes. certain fabrics because without AC, their clothes would be very uncomfortable. Or technology. So. And that, that encompasses so many things that we could talk another hour. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Uh, but man, um, okay. Last thing I wanted to touch on. Yasna is alive. We already talked about that kind of it didn't really throw me off. I'm, I'm looking forward to see how she interacts with Dalinar because we've got to see her interact with Shalon, which was kind of cool. But I want to see her interact with Dalinar and her mom. I just realized we actually haven't seen her interact with anyone other than Shalon. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's um the ward to master type deal. Yeah, and but oh yeah, Eshenai is dead. Which okay, I remember that they fought in the Shattered Plains. I don't even remember who fought her. Uh, and I remember her getting like knocked off into like the chasm. Yeah, chasm. I didn't expect her to just die. So this, I'm expecting that this is kind of like one of those attack on Titan moments where we're supposed to just accept that she died where one character died in attack on Titan. And it was a mystery as to how he died. And we, you just don't get answers for that for a long time. I have a feeling that this is the same thing with same case with Eshenai's death. Um, yep. where like, you know, it's like, Oh, she got stuck. It's like, I don't buy that because to my understanding, she had a shard plate. Right. And, she was also um, Arshendi, which also they're, they're Arshendi in in a storm form, right? Which they're like they're much monsters. Yeah, they're, they're terribly powerful. So you expect me to believe that she just got caught and died. And so no, I don't buy that she. I, I buy that she died. Body's there now. Of course, you know she could pull something else, but I said I mean, we're in died. the Cosmere, dude. Yeah, right. Anybody can go back to. I mean, right. well, actually, you know what? And we talked about this about the. Revival, um, yeah, Lazarus type effect. I don't, um, I don't like it in stories because I feel like it takes away a lot of the. Uh, but I'm going to be honest with you, it's like, done well so far. Yes, it is so so far. It hasn't been a lot of instances, but I think it's been important instances that they right. kind of needed to bring it, bring them back. The only one I think they didn't do well was Wax and Bands of Morning. I did not like that. Well, that was not well done. That was very much cop out in my but, opinion. I mean, but he was dying, but he held the bands of mourning while he was dying. So I get you gotta it. Underst- if you but... understood, I understand now since I read the Cosmere how the bands work. But once you understand how the bands actually, no, no, work, no. Here's the thing: you can always Sanderson's never just gonna like walk that back. That would like destroy his entire credibility. But the thing is that pretty much no one ever just brings them very somebody back to life. They always find some way. Like Megatron coming back to life, I, there's another all spark we're just gonna shock them with. Well, and but the, but the problem that I'm saying is is that your knowledge base at this point is where it's at. But mm-hmm. once you read, you know, Don Shard, Lost Metal, and um, Words of or Rhythm of War. You can understand how he actually ended up tying that together to a point where it actually makes feasible sense. 
But the reason I'm saying that is not because I want to defend Wax or defend Brandon Sanderson, is that he wrote it so well going forward that there wasn't a question on why he came back. It's not just like that Harmony revived him. Harmony only kept his cognitive self alive long enough for the bands to be given to him. That's why it okay, eventually becomes that last part again. Harmony was talking to him while yeah. he was dying, right? Right, right. He was keeping his cognitive self alive. Okay. While his body was still alive. But if you understand how the bands eventually work, which you will, you'll understand why it worked. Okay. All right. Again, I but know. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I know that it's um that he will explain it and it's going to be satisfying i know okay, but okay, it's okay, just okay, 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 okay. like okay, I, I just don't like it becomes one of those things that like okay you did it with kelsier and maybe i'm a little biased but kelsier is my boy and so um what do you mean he did it with kelsier like we see oh, him explain my friend why are you doing this to me um, <laughs> he did it with Kelsier in a way where he, you know, like he was in the cognitive realm. Uh, and but there's he a reason he was. There's I a don't reason care. He just, stayed. just let me get through this. There's a reason he stayed. I don't care. Um, because he's a survivor and he does what he wants. I don't know. See him as like I don't know him. Who? It's all about Kelsier, dog. We're all in Kelsier's world. All right. One of these days, my friend. <laughs> the Cosmere conversation is going to be three hours long. I can't saying. wait. Um, but it's just, I feel like with Kelsier, cause he was stuck in the cognitive realm and then, uh, what's his face? Spook brought him back with that hemallergic spike. So and why do you think everybody wants to know so much about hemallergy? You floop loop. I get it because it, you can like, you get all this power and then you can use your power in other. No, no, no. Doesn't matter. I don't care. 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 Just let me finish this thought. Um, he, I'm sorry, by the way, <laughs> Kelsier coming back here was like kind of cool because it was just very uniquely done. I, I'm very much, I mean, obviously this is definitely miles better than freaking fast and furious, <laughs> right? Where it's just like, how did she survive? Oh, well, she actually never really died. I'm just supposed to believe a plane dropped on her head and she didn't. I understand. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I cannot wait until you finish with Springer because, my friend, I will say it one more time. Dalinar puts the Jan Sport backpack on, buddy. <laughs> I just, can't wait. For just. That. I want you, as soon as you read some of Dalinar's portions in this in this upcoming sections or, you know, parts, I'm so excited for you, my friend. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited, too. Uh, gosh man we we've hit an hour and a half man that's a gangster yeah i don't i mean there's just so much i feel like i want to talk about but uh oh there was one thing and i had this highlighted i don't know what i was thinking at this time exactly but um Liren had tried to befriend rashon at first hadn't he i per i'm se. starting to wonder if if he'll go if he'll do this route i just don't know that I mean, this series is so big. Could you add another plot thread onto it? I was thinking, could Liren 
have known something about Rashon that warranted that level of sympathy? Or was he just being the traditional Lyra and I'm a nice guy kind of guy? Because, More like an I'm a physician kind of guy. Yeah, right. I, is he doing... Because I don't know. The reason I ask is because what if Sanderson really pulls this out of the bag, right? Because that would be kind of crazy. Um, what if Rashon was in, was not necessarily a good guy, but maybe we judge him too harshly kind of guy. Like what a gray area pulled, guy. Yeah, what if we he just pulled that out of the bag? Um, but I don't know. Uh, I, I Maybe I'm looking for things that aren't there because Sanderson has me completely paranoid at this point. So since you told me to reread, and I started rereading before we, when you told me we were going to do this. Right. So like I'm already hooked again on Stormlight. <laughs> so like this is my fourth listen slash reread through, oh my and goodness. I'm so like well that's the thing too. My job allows me to reread a uh, uh, re-listen, and then usually when I'm in bed like um, I have like that ROG ally which is like a PC on the like but like Ooh, half nice. the time dude I'll play like an hour and I'll put it down and I'll start reading Stormlight again. It's that, it's that's sad. not happening to me. It's, it's so not sad, sad at all. That's not sad at all. Um. That's been but, happening to me because what do I, I do? just like, am I going crazy? No, isn't it, isn't this, isn't doing the same thing over and over again. Like the definition of insanity. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think with Stormlight, I can make, uh, I can make an exception for that. <laughs> you can be insane at some yeah, you moments know, in your like, life. Okay. You, you, you're insane, but you like Stormlight. So, you know, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of yeah. crazy, but yeah, it's not a big deal. Good. Uh, yeah. Um, I think That's that about good. covers it for us for that episode. I don't know that there's really a whole lot more to talk about. I just, yeah, it, it's just, <laughs> I, I'm sorry to everyone who really enjoyed listening to our book episodes. I know that those were the roots of the podcast and I feel bad that it, we kind of did a bait and switch, but it was not intentional where, uh, life happens. Yeah. Where life, life is, and that life is continuing to happen. So, I promised that we would go back to books, and I kept that promise. Um, and so, so like, like you're saying, yeah, you're saying that uh, you know, once you finish the reading, we'll do a podcast over it. It's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, and so it, we will cover the next part. So just read that at your own pace. I'd like to say that you know, I'm reading a little faster now, but you know, I, and I am reading a little faster now, but. I don't know what happens next week, and then maybe I gotta slow down again. Yeah. So, and I know consistency is king too, right? So it's not just about like. There's some real ones out there. Them real ones. Yeah. Keep listening. Keep listening, baby. So yeah. Um. So next time we'll be covering the second part of Oathbringer, whenever that is. But for the next episode, we're going back to the TV shows, Wheel of Time, which, by the way. This last week's episode. Wait, just this, just this, just the seventh episode, and then the, the eighth episode. Seventh and eighth will be covered in the next weeks. That's what I thought. Okay, part, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this last episode that just came out though, episode seven. I'm gonna have to watch it before bed here in a minute, dude. That's the best episode of this show so far. Hey, it's so good, so good. My wife, who's not read a lick a wheel of time, and is still having hard. She's kind of like you. She's just struggling with the names and the locations and the culture and the people and. What happened here in season one again? How could you not? Yeah, it how could you lot. not? There's a lot. Uh, so she's struggling with so much of it too, and even she was like, "Yeah, that was a fantastic episode." So, um, for those of you who listen to or watch those episodes too, um, 
yeah, I'm excited to see how the season ends, but hopefully you can stick around for that uh, uh, Wheel of Time episode for next week. That'll do it. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. See you.